This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. Let's get to the consumer news from the past week. MAID. It stands for Medical Assistance in Dying. And according to Health Canada, last year in 2022, more than 13,200 Canadians chose to go that route, deciding that they wanted to make their own choice about when they would leave this world. The report says 63% of those who received medical assistance in dying last year had cancer, 63%, and 19% had heart conditions. Health Canada says the number of medically assisted deaths was up 31% last year. It's been on the rise since it was legalized in this country back in 2016 for those with serious or incurable illness or disability. The Bank of Canada stayed put this week, deciding to keep interest rates steady at 5%. They didn't raise it. But they also didn't lower it. The head of the bank, Tiff Macklem, says inflation has come down a lot since the summer of last year, but it is still too high. He says the long-term strategy of higher interest rates is working to cool the economy, and that's helping to control all the inflation we've been seeing over the past year. So I guess that's a little bit of good news, a little bit, for people struggling to keep up with their mortgage payments. And the higher, highest interest rates that we've seen in years, but still, an Angus Reid poll suggests 15% of Canadians are struggling with their monthly mortgage payments. That's up from 8% in March and 11% in June. And a whopping 79% of those surveyed are worried or very worried that they will face higher payments when it comes time to renew their mortgage. And if you have kids living here in B.C. who want to go to university in Quebec, like McGill or Concordia, it's about to get a lot more expensive. The province of Quebec says they will be hiking the tuitions for Canadians from out of province. It means the average tuition would climb from about $9,000 per year to $17,000. The heads of a number of universities in Quebec are not happy about it. They've written an open letter to the government saying the price hike could destroy some schools. A group of technology organizations is concerned about semiconductor companies and the talent that works for them, possibly moving out of Canada if the federal government isn't careful. The Semiconductor Industry Leadership and Innovation Canada Action Network is calling on Canada to bolster the industry. It says, with the rapid growth of artificial intelligence and advancements in quantum computing, those are really super fast computers, there is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to set Canada up for success in the field. Semiconductors, often called chips for short, are a key component in electronics, and most companies now rely on Taiwan, South Korea, and China to produce them. But geopolitical tensions and a microchip shortage during the pandemic have pushed a lot of countries, including the U.S., to focus on more local supplies of their semiconductors. And the network says Canada could use that opportunity to become a big supplier to the Western world. And after a few pretty rocky years, Bitcoin seems to be coming back. This week, it soared to a nearly 18-month high of almost $35,000. 
At the start of the pandemic, you could pick up one Bitcoin for just $5,000. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are getting a boost on the prospects of U.S. regulators uh, approving Bitcoin exchange-traded funds, allowing people to get into the market the way they get into mutual funds. And this year marks the 400th anniversary of the release of Mr. William Shakespeare's Comedies, History, and Tragedies. It's the first published collection of Shakespeare released in 1623. That's an old book, and it's one of the most coveted collectible books in the world. Scholars believe that about 200 to 300 copies still survive from the late 1623 edition, which includes Macbeth, Twelfth Night, and other cornerstones of Western literature, and uh, an original of it sold in 2020 for 9.9 million bucks. This is Vancouver Consumer, and every kid should be able to go to camp, no matter if they have a disability or some other condition. And my next guest wants to make that happen for any child. We'll talk to the folks at Zajac Ranch right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong. This is Vancouver Consumer and every kid deserves to go to camp. That's the philosophy of my next guest. Carmen Zajac is the president of Zajac Ranch, a beautiful camp on the shores of Stave Lake in Mission. And it was started by Carmen's father, the legendary developer Mel Sajak, who is still with us, 95 years old. His dream was to help kids who wouldn't normally get the chance to go to camp. And every summer, the ranch hosts about 400 kids with medical disabilities like autism and heart and kidney problems, kids who normally might miss out on the camp experience. And as I say, Carmen Zajac, the president of Zajac Ranch, is with us now. Hi, Carmen. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Martin. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very, very welcome. And we've got lots to talk about because you've got a big lunch coming up with uh, the mayor, Ken Sim, and, and our own Chris Galis from Global News. And we're going to talk about that and we're going to talk about the camp. But the first thing I have to ask you is, how's your dad doing? Uh, how's Mel doing? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, he was in here at the office this morning, and then he left uh, just about an hour ago heading out to the ranch. So he's a busy guy. He pretty much is working, doing something with the ranch or the foundation seven days a week. So um, he really believes that staying, you know, staying focused and having a purpose in life is keeping him young. And he's still got his sense of humor and all his wits about him. And he's a remarkable man. Yeah. And for people who don't know Mel Zajac, he built a lot of homes in the Lower Mainland, right? He did. He did. He actually built 22 high-rises in the Vancouver downtown um, before everything went absolutely crazy. And, of course, his claim to fame is the Pacific Palisades Hotel, which is on Robson Street. And and uh, that, that was something he did up, what is it, 1967, 68. And it was a hotel and apartment towers, and he had all the movie stars coming to stay at the Palisades. So 
you know, he became good friends with Bob Hope. We had um, all the all the actors and players from Dallas there, and really, um, Catherine Hepburn. You know, we had a lot of famous people that would come and stay with us. And I think part of that was just they really enjoyed my father's hospitality. You know, he made sure that they had their privacy when they needed their privacy, and we didn't make big deal about it. We just, you know, had them come in, and it was very unassuming. And and my dad, of course, the hospitable person he is, made them always feel at home. Yeah, so it was Mel. Lots of fun. Yeah, Mel is really one of those Vancouver icons that uh, it deserves a statue or something. But he's, <laughs> you know, speaking of of movie stars, because like you say, your dad really hung with the stars. Is it true that Paul Newman actually gave him the idea for the Zajac Ranch for the for the charity work? That yes, he's doing? yes, it is. Like at first, initially, when he, my dad was talking, thinking about camps, he was thinking more for um, underprivileged kids and and you know marginal you know children that wouldn't be able to afford to go to camp, probably never even gotten out of the city, right? So that was his initial thought, and then he met Paul Newman because his Paul's brother was my dad's neighbor in Palm Springs. And so um, consequently, he got an opportunity to meet Paul. And Paul has camps, or he's now passed, of course, but Paul has camps all over the world um, for children with life-threatening and chronic illnesses. So Paul actually came up to the ranch and uh, spent the day with my dad, and he just said, oh, Mel, this is like, this is heaven on earth. You, this is, you, you got to go through with this, and what do you think about you know, following in my footsteps and doing a camp for kids with life-threatening and chronic illnesses. And we found there was really a need for it, for sure. And so uh, we just jumped in and bought the property. And it was formerly a corrections facility. Uh, <laughs> so we bought it off the government and basically transformed it. Like It's just, it's just uh, incredible, the transformation. Um, but yeah, so we bought it in October of 2003, started renovating buildings, knocking down buildings, and uh, we opened up camp in um, that following year, the 2004. And of course, it was only, we only had probably 50 campers. Um, but my dad felt it was really important that we opened up camp so people knew this was a real thing. This wasn't just a dream, doesn't, wasn't just a thought. So we, we weren't anywhere where we are now. You know, we've now invested over $22 million. And kids, that, the first kids, like 50 to 100 kids the first couple of years, and now we're at 500 kids per year. Wow. Yeah. And these are kids uh, with some pretty serious disabilities, like autism and yeah, you know, heart uh, problems yes, and stuff. Yes. I mean, we've got two camps specifically for children that are on the spectrum, and um, and we could we could do all summer with that particular population, right? There's just such a need for recreation activities for that for those children. But we'll have children that are on feeding tubes. We'll have children that uh, can't speak. Um, you know, and maybe it's cerebral palsy. Like, there's a real range. I mean, part of our motto is don't turn a kid down, right? If we can get them to camp, we're going to get them to camp. So we do require a sign-off from their family doctor. But we have a 24-hour medical center that's um, housed with uh, or staffed with volunteer doctors and nurses, and they're there to take care of the children and make sure they're getting their meds throughout the day. And, um, yeah, it's, it's quite remarkable. I mean, we've even had kids with, on dialysis that have come to camp and received their dialysis while at camp. 
So, you know, instead of having to trek to the hospital three times a week, they're at they're at camp and uh and meeting their needs there, right? So it's it's quite remarkable and it's um something that I know the community is so grateful for and we're always getting comments from the families and the parents about, you know, how important it is to them and, and how appreciative they are of this type of facility for their children. We're talking to Carmen Zajac, the president of Zajac Ranch. It's uh, on the shores of Stave Lake in Mission, and uh, they host about 400 kids every year, every summer with medical disabilities like autism, heart and kidney problems. And uh, I just want you to talk about your experience with some of these kids, because obviously when, you know, you're, you're on dialysis or something, uh, camp is not always feasible. But if you're if you're, you know, severely disabled, you can't go to camp. But tell me about the kind of changes you've seen, uh, the kind of experiences that these kids have. Well, gosh, it, there's many, to be honest with you, Martin. But uh, that, you know, you made a comment that these kids can't go to camp, but that's just it. They can go to camp, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we try. That's what we want to do. We want, because so often they are turned down because of their disability or because of their medical condition. And so we've really looked at sort of as much as we can to make sure we can be an all-inclusive camp for all kids, regardless of their medical condition, right? And, I mean, I've got so many stories, but, I mean, there's one story. It was a child um, who had, oh, God, what was it? Um, that What is that? Um, the tick, when you have the tick. I can't remember oh, what it's uh... called. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyway, so he was bullied through school because he'd shout out and, you know, yeah. he'd say things out of turn. And it'll come to me, but I just can't. I know. It's on the tip of my head. To, yeah. To but uh, anyway, so he came to camp for several years. His name was Aiden. And um, the first day he was there, you know, one of the counselors took took him under the, his wing and they played soccer with him for about three hours, just him one on one. And at that moment, his life almost his life changed. I mean, he told me that was the first time that he wasn't judged. He wasn't being kicked out of a program, kicked out of the classroom, those kinds of things. He was really feeling inclusive. So he came to camp for several years and then and then he became a counselor in training and then he became a counselor. And it was such a, and you know, I would, I would say, Aiden, I'm so proud of you, and you've done so well, and, and you know, I'll never forget it. He said, Carmen, this ranch has changed my life. I would not be who I am had I not been a camper at Zajac. And I mean, when I even when I say it, I want to cry, right? <laughs> because right. it was so emotional, and that that's the impact that we want to have, right? And then we'll have kids that have just never ever been away from us like away from home never an overnight sleepover right because parents were always nervous or they you know or 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 their friends were nervous about having them in another house or whatever it was right so for the first time they're having a sleepover some kids have said oh my god you know i've never seen trees so tall but the impact is is i mean i've got pages and pages of testimonials of just how how important this program is and when kids leave you know they when sometimes when kids come to camp they're crying because they're nervous but then they're also crying when they leave right because they don't want right. to leave and they they look forward to it year after year like as soon as camp is over they're still talking about it getting prepared for the following year one one child went home and turned her bedroom into a a cabin, right? And made it look <laughs> like camp, right? It's still it's those kind of stories that just keep you going and you think, Oh my God, we are really making a difference, right? 
Oh, that's that's great. And for people who have been yelling at the radio, I think you were talking about Tourette syndrome. I just, right? you know what? It just came to me just as you said that. I was just writing it down so I could say that. But yeah, it's Tourette's. Yeah, because yeah. I, I knew it. it, which can be very debilitating because people often jokingly talk about Tourette's. But it, when you have those sort of tics, especially kids, it, it can really, really be hard. Oh, for sure. For sure, because nobody understands it. And they're thinking this guy is weird, right? But it's something mm-hmm. that's uncontrollable. So I was glad that we had such an impact on him and that he was able to, you know, move into adulthood and be able to work independently and all that good stuff, right? Yeah, it's a, it's amazing that uh, he 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 came back, and that's that's really cool. Yeah, I know it's a good story for sure. Yeah, it's very cool. We're talking to Carmen Zajac, president of Zajac Ranch, and uh, it's an amazing place. And uh, you can get involved. I'm talking to the listeners. Uh, if you want to get involved, you've got a lunch coming up. Uh, at the Terminal City Club, which sounds kind of cool, on November 9th, it's a Thursday. It goes from noon to 2, and it's the uh, Lunch with a Legend with uh, Mayor Ken Sim, along with our own Global News uh, anchor, Chris Galis. So this is kind of a fundraising thing and sort of an interesting event. Yeah, you know, we're, we, we started this event um, just on a whim, to be honest with you, back in December of 2021. And my dad, of course, is friends with Jimmy Patterson, and we were having a board meeting. We were talking about some fundraising initiatives. What can we do? And someone suggested a lunch, and they said, Mel, do you think you could call Jimmy and we could do a Q&A with Jimmy Patterson? And so my dad said, sure, I'll give him a shout. And, of course, he accepted. And so, you know, six weeks later, I mean, we had to put the event together pretty quick. And we did. It was in December of 2022. One, and it was very successful. I think we raised about $140,000 in those two hours. And we all looked after that. We thought, wow, this is something that's, that I think we can move forward with. Let's forget about golf tournament. Let's do lunch with the legends. And then we continued to do it in 2022 with Jimmy, uh, with Peter Brown and Mayor, ex-Mayor Gordon Campbell. And then this year we had Chip and Summer Wilson. So and each event is is uh, over a hundred thousand dollars in terms of the support that we get from sponsors and from uh and from the audience themselves right so we're very fortunate for that that's great and if people can go to zajackranch.com for ticket information z a j a c r a n c h dot com zajack ranch and they can find out all the ticket information and uh all that kind of stuff for sure. so we're talking to uh, Carmen Zajac. Uh, she's the president of Zajac Ranch. And when we come back, I want to hear more stories about uh, the lives that you've changed and, and how everybody can get involved, not only by attending this lunch, but also going to the website and uh, finding out ways that uh, they can get involved in this uh, pretty amazing place. That's all when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Martin Strong, and we are talking about a very special place on the shores of Stave Lake in Mission. It's the Zajac Ranch for children. And uh, every summer, 
400 or so kids with medical disabilities like autism and heart and kidney problems, they get to go to camp. And these are kids who might normally miss out on the camp experience. And it's just an amazing thing. It was started by Mel Zajac, who is still with us at 95 years old and still going strong. Uh, This was his vision and his daughter, Carmen Zajac, is now the president of the Zajac Ranch. And Carmen is with us. And, um, you know, speaking of all the kids who have been to the Zajac Ranch, and people should go to the website, uh, Zajac Ranch, it's Z-A-J-A-C ranch.com. And these kids require a lot of special care and they need, uh, you know, medical attention. And so that makes it all the more expensive to run a camp like this. So it's really important that people get involved, not only with donating money if they go to the website, but also uh, they can volunteer too, right? Absolutely. We're, we're very grateful for anybody that's uh, available to volunteer. That's, you know, it's, they're just as important as, uh, as our staff in terms of being able to, you know, make this program happen, right? Right. So who are the types of uh, people that you need to volunteer? Well, we every summer we get volunteers for the summer camp program. We also have staff positions, but we try and get up to five volunteers per week. Um, and then, of course, our 24-hour medical center called the OK Corral, we um, need volunteer doctors and nurses to support the kids in their illness and to make sure that that uh, their medications are, are being taken throughout the day. And, of course, at the end of the day, the volunteer medical staff, are they usually end up coming back for more than just a week because they've had such an awesome experience. It's not difficult work, but it's so rewarding. Um, and so they're, they're often saying, Carmen, this was just the best experience I've ever had. Thank you so much. And, and I'm, of course, so grateful for them. So, that you know, the two of us are back and forth thanking each other. But... It's um, it's amazing how the medical community has come together to to help us. But with COVID and some burnout with all some of the medical personnel, it's been a little yeah. bit of a struggle the last couple of years. But we have been able to get it together. But always looking for more volunteers, of course, for the medical center. Yeah, maybe this is a way for for somebody in in the healthcare profession to kind of uh, you know unwind a little bit and have a really good experience. So exactly. Should, exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So go to zajackranch.com and, uh, you of course also have the, the lunch it's lunch with the legend featuring mayor Ken Sim. It's Thursday, November 9th from noon to 2 PM at the terminal city club on West Hastings street in Vancouver. And this is kind of a, a real sort of Vancouver event. You know, all the colorful personalities from the city show up. Uh, you get to hobnob with the mayor and Chris Galis from Global News, who's also a fun guy. But it is kind of a it's sort of a, a cool Vancouver event, right? It is. It is. It's very it's it's quite unique. And we've been able to draw in new donors just because of the people that happen to be up on the stage doing the Q&A often with Chris. And, um, yeah, it's been very successful. We've, we're really happy that we sort of came up with this initiative and it's kind of, it's kind of uh, paved a way, I think, for future success with Lunch with the Legends, right? 
Right. And they can just go to zajackranch.com to buy tickets or, or contact the office. As or well. contact the office. Yep. 604-739-0444. Right. So um, how else can people donate money? Because you have sponsorships as well, right? We do. Um yeah, and there's yeah, there's anytime we do an event there's always sponsorships and we always sort of put a sponsorship deck together and reach out to some of our our major supporters and our loyal supporters that seem to want to continue to to sponsor our events. Um but we're always looking for new people and new companies that want to get involved with Sajek as well. Um you know, it outside of sponsorship just Coming to the the event is supporting the organization. So you know if you can't if you can't do a sponsorship, there's always you know um, the ability to purchase a table or even purchase a couple of seats, right? So it doesn't have to be a huge investment, but uh, we always welcome new people to come and learn about Zajac, and and this is kind of a good venue to do that. Mm-hmm. And will Mel be there? Of course, of course, he wouldn't miss it. (laughs) In fact, I have to tell you, he's going to Palm Springs, I think, on the 4th of November, and he's flying back just to come to go to the lunch on the 9th. So he's coming back on the 8th, and then he's heading back down to Palm Springs after the lunch. Like, oh, that's commitment, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's amazing. It was his his kind of vision, and it's it's so cool that he's still around to see the kind of... um, the kind of, uh, you know, impact that it's having. So let's talk a little bit about the ranch. Um, describe it. It's on Stave Lake in Mission, so it's close by. Yeah. Um, so tell us about it. Sure, love to. So it's about an hour and 15 minutes from Vancouver, downtown Vancouver. Um, it's situated on 42 acres. There's about 22 buildings on the site that's anywhere from our dorms. We've got guest houses. We've got a 10,000-square-foot indoor swimming pool. Um, you know, also, and, and in terms of activities, everything any kid can imagine, including horseback riding, of course. So the high ropes, the low ropes, there's archery, there's canoeing, kayaking. Um, the, the, the list goes on. You, if they, whatever they want to do, they're able to do it at Zajac, and it's, it's all accessible. So regardless of their conditions, they're able to participate at some level. Um, and, yeah, it's a camp that started in 2004, and it's just grown, and it's been a labor of love. Um, I think one of the things that keeps my dad so driven and going is, you know, he did this all in memory of his two sons that he lost eight months apart back in um, 1986 and 1987. And so this was where he channeled his grief and did something positive, and he really has created a legacy for himself as well as his sons. And it's all in benefit to these special kids that we we serve. So it's been very, it's been a very rewarding experience. And and you know, he, he my dad says he tells me he's going to retire at 98. So I think we've got him for <laughs> another four years or three years, right? So he's very, uh, yeah. And he's a visionary for sure. None of this would have been possible if it hadn't been him sort of leading the, guiding the ship, so to speak, right? Yeah, and I, I I forgot to mention that about about I guess your your siblings, um, Mel Junior. He was an Olympic swimmer, right? He was. He was in the Olympics, uh, 1976 in Montreal, and uh, yeah, very accomplished athlete. Um, he also was participated in the Ironman triathlon in Hawaii, and um, yeah, just a, an all around good athlete. And he unfortunately, you know. Passed in the, uh, he was 
kayaking in the Chilliwack River and got stuck into a one of those holes and by the time he popped out they he was in trouble but he there was a couple of doctors with him and they tried to work on he was the last one down so when he finally came down the the river they uh pulled him out worked on him and unfortunately they weren't able to revive him and then eight months later my other brother who was also a very good athlete and not in swimming but in other other sports and he loved to ski and he was Holly skiing with some of his friends from Arizona because he was living in Arizona at the time, and they came up to the Caribou or up to Blue River here in BC, and there was an avalanche, and eight of them perished. It was a very severe avalanche. It was a it was a big one, and uh, and yeah, so devastating, of course, as you can well imagine. And uh, I, and to this day, I really don't know how my mother and father survived that. Like. As a parent myself, I kind of think, wow, like losing one and then losing two so close together, it, it's very tragic. But all in the, at the end of the day, something good has come out of it, and uh, that's, what, that's, that's what we try and focus on. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing story, and it, it sort of it, it, it makes it all the more special because out of that grief came the Zajac Ranch. And I, I guess it was your dad's way of just... Uh, uh, giving back and um, finding a way to channel that grief. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. it. And to this day, he's still doing the same thing, right? <laughs> yeah. He doesn't. He keeps what... saying, "I got to retire. I got to slow down. I got to slow down." I say, "Okay, Dad, I'm here to support that," but he never really does. So he thinks he wants to, but it's really hard for him to let go. Right? He's just right. so attached. So he must spend a lot of time there in the summer. He spends a lot of the time there all the time. Right. So right. he just like he's, you know, he's always got a new building going up to somehow to make it a better camp. And so he loves that. And he loves to see that he, he's, you know, he likes to see things come from the ground up and, and then come to fruition. Like he right now he's building up an indoor an indoor um, barn for the horses to bring them all inside. And and then there's a viewing room so the parents can actually watch their kids on the on the horses. And he's so excited about it, and it's going to be ready for next summer. And so that's his latest project. But So he's always out there because he's got to see it. He's got to see it progress and make sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right. It's funny. And, and people should go to zajackranch.com, the website, to, to learn more. You can see pictures. And you can also find out how you can attend the Lunch with a Legend featuring uh, Mayor Ken Sim. It's Thursday, November 9th. It goes from noon to 2 p.m. And uh, it's at the Terminal City Club on West Hastings Street in Vancouver. And uh, what can people expect in during the Lunch with a Legend? It'll be entertaining for sure. It always is. Um, there's usually some tough questions for the for the panel, and um, yeah, it's and and you know there's a little entertainment. There's a beautiful lunch, and then there's a it's a good opportunity to ne- network as well, right? So, and they'll be they'll be able to learn a little bit more about Zajac. Yeah, and you can support it, and you can also get in front of the mayor and tell yeah. him what you think. Yes, for sure. <laughs> and I mean, the theme is primarily around development and the you know the existing current climate and what to expect in the future. So, you know, it's it's an interesting topic for sure for some of us. And so, yeah, if there's any interest, we'd be happy to have more guests. <laughs> well, well, Carmen, uh, Carmen Zajac, the president of Zajac Ranch, has been with us. Uh, I uh, thank you so much, and I I. Tell people, go to zajackranch.com to find out how you can get involved. You can give money. You can buy tickets to the lunch. You could also 
volunteer, especially if you're a health worker, because uh, you could be a big help and you could find uh, it's a really rewarding experience. So I, I wish you luck. And uh, how are things looking for uh, the next summer? Oh, really good. We're, we're way ahead of the game, right? So, yeah, the, last year we didn't get a full camp because we couldn't get full staff, but we're, we're on top of it this year, and we're already recruiting staff, and, and the campers are getting ready to register. So we're looking forward to a good full summer, 500 kids. All right. Carmen Zajac of the Zajac Ranch Foundation. Zajacranch.com is the website. Thanks, Carmen. Okay, Martin. Thank you. Right on. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. Still to come, you may have read about the oldest dog of all time dying this past week. He was 31 years old. So who takes over the crown of oldest dog in the world? And what about cats? What is the oldest cat in the world? That's next when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. Welcome back. And it's always sad when you lose a pet, even when it's really old and had a great life. And that was the case with Bobby, the world's oldest dog. You may have seen him in the news last week. He just died after reaching the almost inconceivable age of 31 years and 165 days. That's just over 217 years in dog years, if my math is correct. He lived on a farm in a small Portuguese village about 100 miles from Lisbon. Bobby's life sounded pretty good. He always roamed around freely, never on a leash or a chain. And interestingly, he spent time hanging around with a lot of cats. Maybe they helped mellow him out. He was from Portugal, a purebred Rafairo de Alentejo, which is a dog bred to guard livestock. Average life expectancy, 12 to 14 years, according to the American Kennel Club. But Bobby lived more than twice as long as that and was named by the Guinness Book of Records to be the oldest dog of all time, uh, 31 years, a title which had previously been held by Australian cattle dog Bluey, who was born in 1910 and lived to be 29 years and five months old. However, Bobby's story almost had a different ending. When he and his three siblings were born in the family's woodshed, Costa's father decided they already had too many animals at home. So uh, Costa and his brothers, uh, who lived on the farm, thought that their parents had taken all the puppies away to be destroyed. However, a few days later, they found Bobby alive, safely hidden in a pile of logs. And he made it to his 31st birthday party in May, and that was attended by more than 100 people. And uh, also there at his birthday party, a performing dance troupe. So what was life like for a dog uh, in its late 20s and early 30s? His eyesight was bad. Walking was hard as Bobby grew older. But he spent time in the backyard with the cats, rested a lot, and napped by the fire. So now that Bobby is gone, who is the oldest living dog in the world? It's never really a title you want. I know when they talk about the oldest human alive, it's usually a title that you don't get to keep for a long time, if you know what I mean. But right now, the oldest living dog is Spike, 
a Chihuahua mix in the U.S. that at the end of November will be 24 years old. In fact, all three of the oldest dogs that are living in the world right now are Chihuahuas, or at least have some Chihuahua in their mix. At number two, get this name, Gino Hammerstrike Gilgamesh Wolf is 23 years old uh, in 31 days. Uh, That's number two. Number three is a dog named Toby Keith, who will be 23 in January. And how about cats? How old do they get? Well, that's a different story. There's probably a lot of really old cats that aren't documented, but the oldest reported cat was Lucy from the UK. Lucy died in 2011 at the age of 39 years old. The oldest living cat is in Thailand. Great Grandma Wade is 36 years old. Uh, according to Pet MD, the average life expectancy for the typical cat is 13 to 17 years old. This is Vancouver Consumer. We're here every Saturday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I want to thank our producers, Leo Coelho and Phil Figueroa, and we'll see you next week. I'm Martin Strong. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.